You're listening to Why Try, the podcast. Jesse K started his podcast, 20 Under 20s, just six months ago and has already grown his audience into the tens of thousands of listeners. He focuses on guests ages 15 to 25 doing really inspiring things. And in the process, he's met really remarkable people like Jeff Hoffman, one of the founders of Priceline, and Mark Cuban. He's just 17 years old too, so he's just getting started. I really hope you'll enjoy our conversation. The idea for the podcast started back in October of last year. And I realized because I was in my entrepreneurship class in school and I realized that a lot of kids in my class had amazing ideas, but nobody knew how to sort of, I guess, execute on their ideas. They didn't know where to go with it. So because of that, I thought I'd create a podcast where I could interview people who have done this kind of stuff and they've created successful businesses on their own. So with that, I started cold emailing people, created the podcast, and it launched March 27th, I think, of this past year. So the cold email thing is something you've talked a lot about in the past. So how many people were you emailing every day? For like two or three months, I was cold emailing 350 people a day. Yeah, I have a few questions about that. So how many you get that many email addresses every day? A lot of research. So basically, I'd pull up anyone I wanted to interview, or I'd pull up the Forbes 30 under 30 searching. I'd use a bunch of different websites. I'd pull info from wherever I could, and whoever I could find, I'd pull their email. I'd guess emails. I'd do whatever I could, and I just started emailing them, and it eventually started to work way better than I thought it would. So uh, you sent out like, a huge number of emails, and I, I assume that not everyone responds. What, what was your system when people didn't give you a good response pretty quickly? I mean, that's definitely a part of it because when you're sending out 350 emails a day, obviously not, especially to high-profile people, like a lot of them aren't going to respond. Um, I'd pretty much send it to the same person six days in a row, and then if they didn't, I'd take a day off, okay. and then I'd do it again. And I found most of these people responded after like the fourth or fifth day. So like you just got to be persistent. Like they wouldn't respond the first time, but if you kept drilling at them, they eventually responded, which was great. So that's how I got responses from people like Mark Cuban, Jeff Bezos, um, NBA players, all of these different people. Um, Paul McNeil, were those emails a template? Um, somewhat, yes. Like I kept a pretty strict template in terms of what I was saying with my copy, but then obviously I personalized it a little bit for each person. Um, so depending on who I was emailing, I changed it a bit. And I um, I kept the subject line, I think, pretty similar. Um, I had a pretty successful thing with just making the subject line 16-year-old entrepreneur, and it seemed to work pretty well. That seems like a thing people are definitely willing to help young people who are proactive and doing neat things with their life. And that, that's exactly what you are. So how old are you now? Yeah, I turned 17 in August. What do you see in the future for yourself and your business and everything? I mean, I think, first off, the podcast was sort of like a springboard just for me to network with people. And that was sort of the goal. Like, I just drilled out all these emails and I got to know all of these incredible people. So now I have, like, I've built up and tried to give value to as many people as I can. So now I have great connections and I have sort of doors open to people like a Gary Vaynerchuk or people at VaynerMedia, Mark Cuban, Jeff B, any of those people, like... I've started to, I just tried to give value, give value, give value and build that relationship for sure. But I just, I'm trying to get as much experience and learn as much as I can from what I'm doing now um, and network with people so that it will sort of pay off in the long term. How did you translate the podcast into other business activities? So with the speaking stuff, a lot of people who had just seen some of my content, some of my interviews, some of my episodes had actually just reached out. Um, 
and asked if I want to do some speaking stuff. So that sort of came about that way. The consulting and working with companies sort of happened just from networking. So like, for example, I'm doing work right now with Steiner Sports. Brandon Steiner is sort of like one of my mentors. I guess you could call me as the CEO of Steiner Sports. But that sort of just happened from networking. Um, I got invited from one of my friends, Connor Blakely, actually, to go play basketball at Brandon's house. And uh, just kept on going back, got to know Brandon very well. And then that led to working with their company. And now I pretty much go to that office every day and work with them. Are you in high school still? Or are you like going yeah. to classes and stuff? So I'm a senior in high school, but I leave every day at 11 a.m. from school. So I take four classes in the morning. I take one online, but I leave every day at 11 a.m. Were you saying at one point you were doing uh, some speaking engagements? What do you like to talk about? What do you typically share in those speeches? Um, There's a variety of stuff I typically talk about. Some of the main stuff is how people always ask me, like, how I built my network so quick. Like, it's six months, how I went from no network to, like, being connected to these people. Um, So I talk about sort of the whole process of cold emailing, giving value first, not asking for anything, um, or just giving giving value with no expectation of a return immediately. Um, that's something I talk about. Then I talk about also the sort of how I dealt with the age barrier of doing all of this stuff while still being 17 because a lot of people are sort of scared to do this when they're still in high school, and it's hard to balance it for sure. But some of the events, I'm doing some speaking at schools, going out to California next month, I think, to do speaking thing. And then in February, I'm going to Toronto to speak at Generation Now, which is an event with Connor Blakely speaking, Gary Vaynerchuk speaking, and a couple other people. So really excited for that event. It seems like you've just created so many amazing opportunities for yourself. That's really inspiring. When did everything start clicking in this process? Yeah, it's definitely a long process. There was a lot of months of just doing a lot of work and nothing was coming out of it, sending all of those emails. And, you know, I'd get some responses, but it's not like there was immediate like gratification. Um, so... It took a while. I'd say everything sort of started to come together around probably May or June was when everything started clicking right around the Next Gen Summit. For anyone who's not in the Next Gen Summit, you've got to check it out. I think it's joinnextgen.com maybe. Um, but Dylan Gambardella, Justin Lafazan, um created and run the Next Gen Summit. And it's an incredible group. It's a Facebook group with around 2,500 young people who are all doing different stuff from politicians to entrepreneurs to anyone. And they have an annual event in New York City in June. And that group really did a lot for me. And the event was awesome. And that's sort of when everything started to click together. How did you stay motivated in those early months where it was just a total grind? Yeah, it was definitely a total grind. I would say it was a mixture of things. First off, it was knowing that I realized that people were responding to my messages. It wasn't like nobody was responding. It was just that I was sending out a lot. And once I realized that some people were responding, I realized, wow, there might be something here. Like if people like Mark Cuban are responding to my emails, then there must be some value in it. Um, So I just kept on reaching out, just doing a lot of episodes. And I knew that in the long term it may pay off and it's starting to sort of come together. It kind of related. So one of the podcasts you're talking about how you've had like a longstanding dream of uh, owning a sports team. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Yeah. When did that originate? Yeah. So that was ever since I was like, trying to think. I think ever since I was like five or six years old, I've wanted to own a sports team that I just have always loved sports. And that's been like, I guess a goal slash dream of mine ever since I was little. So with that, I just always had that dream. And I realized, obviously, you can't just own a sports team if you have no money. So you need to be like yeah. a billionaire. So, I don't know, that's always been a dream of mine. Always had my, I guess, 
sights set on that, but I know that's super long term. So I'm just trying to pave the way, the framework of networking with all these people, working with everyone, building relationships. So in the long term, might be able to work with some of these people and get experience from some of these people who have done it themselves. So how many hours a week do you spend working now versus in the beginning? Um, so podcast exclusively, back when I started, I was probably working on it between emailing, recording episodes, doing all of that. I probably spent 35, 40 hours a week just working on it, maybe more. That No, probably closer to like 50 hours a week. And now spending a little less time on it because I'm working a lot on the stuff with Steiner Sports and so I'm doing all of that work with Steiner Sports and I'm pretty much working on stuff with them for like another 30 hours a week maybe, maybe more. So I'm sort of just ba- trying to balance those two. What kind of work do you do for them? So I'm working on social media with both the company, social media, and Brandon, who's the CEO. He... He does speaking and that kind of stuff, so I'm just working on their social media page, his social media page, and growing it and posting content and all that kind of stuff. Paul had a second part of his question I thought was interesting. So what was your value proposition when you were emailing people? Yeah, basically, I because I, there really was, I wasn't like, hey, I can help you with this, because like, I didn't have anything to help them with. Really what my value proposition was like, hey, can I have five minutes of your time so I can help share your message with X amount of Gen Zers or millennials who you may have not connected with already. So sort of bring them to a younger audience that because most of them are in their 40s or 50s or whatever it is, and they've connected very well at that age. But people who are 20 and under may have no idea who these people are. So I was sort of like, hey, can I interview you just for 10 minutes of your time and connect you with 10,000 people who are under 20 who may have never known who you are? How'd you build that size of an audience? Starting out, it seems like it'd be hard to get the numbers. It's a catch-22. Yeah, totally. So like I said, at first, zero listeners, zero network, zero connections, zero everything, I guess you could say. What I found is I tried to go for those high-profile people nobody would ever think would go for your show. Just because I figured, hey, if I get one big person that posted on their own social media, that's going to drive a lot of traffic. And it sort of worked. Um, I was one of the first people for a podcast that started doing it on Facebook Live like we're doing now, which I love. Because I thought in my head, like, hey, if I can do it on Facebook, we're get- I'm getting the interaction on Facebook. If I'm having a good episode or with a big person. Like, for example, when I interview um, my good friend Caleb Maddox, he has like, I don't know, 60,000, 70,000, maybe more. I don't even know what he has right now on Facebook. He shares it out on his Facebook page in the middle of the interview, and we're having 200 people live consistently throughout the interview that are sharing it out. So I thought that, hey, if I can do that, then at the end, I'm attaching the iTunes link. So I'm getting ten to 15,000 people on Facebook, and they're all going to my iTunes as well, which is driving another five, ten thousand. 10,000. In that process, is there anything you'd do differently if you had to start over? I think what I would have done is I would have definitely focused more leading up to the launch. I'm promoting it sort of when I led up to launching the show. I sort of just figured hey, people will listen and all that kind of stuff, but obviously that doesn't happen. So I would have worked more on on promoting it, getting more news and press off the, like, in the first couple weeks. I got a little bit of press at the beginning, but I think if I had a better, like, plan on getting it launched out, it definitely would have helped. So for you, how do you think about, like, personal success? I think it sort of, it varies whether you're looking at it from a business aspect or you're looking at it from a personal aspect. I think for me, success is just that I am able to do what I enjoy doing, spend enough time with my friends and family, and just sort of have a good balance for the time being where I can do what I really enjoy doing with the business stuff, with the podcast, with the work I'm doing, but also not have it take over my life completely, but definitely be 
in a place where I'm enjoying what I'm doing every day, not waking up and feeling like, oh, I have to do this again, waking up and being like, oh, yeah, I get to go do this. Yeah, I think that's huge, I think, for anyone's career, even if they're not an entrepreneur. Totally, 100%. That's the goal. Well, I think one question that probably a lot of people would have for you is, do you plan on going to college? It's funny, because a lot of people ask that, because even with the people I've interviewed, like, some are pro, some are anti, um, from people like... Well, it comes up in your conversations a lot in your podcast. Yeah, like Connor Blakely, completely anti-college, Ben Stern... Pro college, he's taking some time off, though. But yeah, the plan right now is to go to college. It's all about finding a good fit, I think. Trying to find a school that really likes the stuff I'm doing and has a good sort of thing where it's not just strict, you need to follow this course curriculum and do all this sort of more like flexible way of learning, I guess, where I can focus on other stuff and have that balance. Maybe like a create your own major kind of thing. Exactly, sort of like that. So I'm still, I'm applying to schools right now and it's sort of a grind, but... Uh, hopefully another month and then I'll be able to chill. So in a month is like when all my college applications are done. Um, and then sort of the rest of the year is like just focusing on school, which shouldn't be that bad. Yeah, that's definitely the worst part of uh, senior year. Yeah. I think most people remember that as just being the worst. Yeah, just all the applications, terrible. Well, I mean, you at least have something to talk about that you, you have some like passion that you can point to. And I feel like a lot of people feel like they have nothing and they're just kind of scraping together like little odds and bits and trying to like oversell it to colleges but you have something very impressive thank you yeah i mean it's just an interesting story sort of like how we built it up and all of that kind of stuff but it's been just an overall it's been a number one a great learning experience figuring out number one how to connect with all these people how to maintain and build relationships how to give value even when you think you have nothing to give is one of the biggest things i've learned from this yeah do you have any advice for people on that yeah i'd say Everyone has some sort of value, even if you don't know what it is. So let's say, hey, so for me, like I built up my following. So then I went to Brandon Steiner and I was like, hey, I built up my following to this. I could probably help you do the same with yours. Um, For other people, let's say you're very good at um, connecting people to each other. You're good at interviewing each other. You could say, hey, I can give, like I'd love to do this, but I can try and connect you with all these people and just think of strategic partnerships. I think it's really just finding what you enjoy doing because hopefully what you enjoy doing is something you're good at and if you can find those two together you're sort of set and once you have that somebody's always going to be in need of something that you can provide so it's just finding that thing and just running with it that seems like good advice hard to do for sure oh yeah for sure but once you figure that out it's sort of like if you can lock in on that can give some value and get some people to you know believe in you and give you some stuff in exchange for that do you have any tricks for how to go about that to find find what you enjoy and give value, like find people that will take your stuff. Yeah, what are some ways that people can explore that for themselves? Yeah, I think first off, you need to evaluate yourself before you can evaluate help, helping anyone else. So you need to find what really drives you. Is it that you want to try and help people out? Is that you really want to get more into business? Whatever really you love. And then I think the number one thing everyone should do is find a mentor. I think that's the first step you should do. Because so even if it's somebody three years older than you that has done what you want, that's a perfect work for them for free. Do whatever they want and just see the inside of the business or whatever thing you're chasing after. See how they do it. And all you have to do is whenever you're at an event, connect, connect, connect. That's the number one thing I've learned. So, for example, I'm doing this with Brandon Steiner. And he obviously is a power player, I guess you'd call him, in the sports industry. So... I'm getting to go to all these events and meet all of these incredible people from athletes like 
Mike Tyson to Henrik Lundqvist to you. I met all these different people, but then also business people and networking with them, making sure to give them value. So if I go to an event with one of these people, instantly trying to give value, try to talk to them, get them on my show. It's all about just finding a mentor, and then you have to utilize that. If you're just going to sit there in the back, there's really not going to be much value, but try and get yourself right in the setting where you can really give value, give some advice, be helpful, instead of only learning. Learning is a key part of it, but try and give value as well. Have you thought at all about the work that you want to be doing in, say, like 10 years? I think I definitely want to own my own my own business. I don't know in what space. Um, I really enjoy the tech space, but that's such like a saturated market. And we don't know what's going to happen in five, 10 years in the tech space. So we don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow in the tech space. So that's a super big changing market. So I guess that has to be evaluated daily, if not hourly. But I definitely want to own my own business, which is sort of why I'm trying to learn from people like Brandon, who runs his own business, who created his own business, all of that. Um, but that's definitely the end goal. I mean, it's great people to learn from, for sure. Uh, the whole technology space is just crazy to me. It, it's to the point now, I mean, like looking at kind of some past stuff, it's like, yeah, I can see how that might work, like technologically. But like you, the augmented reality it's insane. stuff, is like, it's, basically, it's basically magic. Yep. AR, VR, blockchain, all of that stuff is moving at like, it's changing it. If you look at like crypto or whatever, like literally every minute the news is changing in it. You can't even follow it if you're watching it every minute of the day. So you need to be looking at it yeah. in the long game because if you try and find any industry in that space that's focused on a micro, you're not going to win because it's changing so fast on a micro level that you need to be focusing on a macro thing that can be used for everything or else it's like the technology is moving too fast to be able to compete with it. How has this experience changed the way you look at life? Um, that's an interesting question, actually. I don't think I've been asked that. That's a good question. I would say that it's sort of given me more perspective um, instead of just focusing like, hey, I'm a senior in high school now, then I'm going to college and I'm following this path. Now it's given me much more broad thing. Like instead of just focusing on one thing, like there's so much more in the world than just the path that you may be on now. So just get to like dip in every possible experience you can because you never know what's going to catch your attention. So I've sort of just recognized that, hey, I want to, spread out, learn everything I can about all these different subjects and really see what can catch my eye and don't be so focused on one thing until I've really tried everything out. Who's been influential to you in your journey? I would say um, obviously hundreds of people have helped out along the way, but I'd say there's probably three or four people that have been um, massive influences. First off, my dad, he's an entrepreneur himself, so he's just been a huge influence on me ever since I was little, um, sort of just teaching me lessons, all of that kind of stuff, running a successful business himself. Um, after that, I would say Connor Blakely, huge influence on my life the last six months. He was the first person I interviewed, actually. Um, I was connected to him by another very influential person in my experience, uh, Joe Polish, who runs um, the Genius Network, which is a like mastermind group, and he also runs a marketing company, but he pretty much is one of the most connected guys on the planet. Um, and he told me I needed to talk to Connor Blakely. So Connor was nice enough to hop on a phone call with me when I knew nobody. Um, and um, I got to know Connor really well. He really connected me with everyone uh, that I never knew from Ben Stern, who was on Shark Tank, to all to Next Gen Summit, which was run by Dylan and Justin. I didn't know what that was. Connor told me I needed to join it, needed to get involved in it. So Connor's been the most influential um, teenager, I guess you could say, in my life the last six months. Um, 
along from Matt Brandon Steiner, obviously massive, massive influence. I'm spending six hours a day in his office with him, sitting in his office, like literally next to him all day. Um, so he's just taught me lessons and stuff I never would have thought of seeing the inside of that business and the sports world and just any business. It's been an incredible experience that not a lot of people get to experience at such a young age. Could you share one of those? Yeah, I mean, um, it's sort of like sometimes I'm sitting in his office and he's like on the phone and he'll put it on mute for a second and he's like, watch what I'm about to say here and watch how I'm going to be able to control the conversation. So he'll put it on back and he'll start talking about it and he's just teaching me lessons nonstop. Um, or if he's in a meeting with somebody and I'm, he's just talking about all of this kind of perspective I never would have thought of in the sports world. They're telling me how key relationships are. So he's getting on a phone call and he's like, watch, I haven't talked to this person in 15 years, but I'm going to utilize a relationship. And he talks to them and they pretend like they knew each other, like they talked to each other yesterday. And it's just utilizing those relationships and you never know how far that could take him. He's like, this person worked for me 15 years ago and now they're the head of this huge thing and they still love me. So that's why we're going to be able to pull this deal off. Oh, what an education. It's awesome. It's not something you can learn at college for no, sure. No, and I'm not, I'm not learning that in my uh, high school business class, let's just say that. I probably spent five to six hours literally sitting on his couch in his personal office with him all day, just shadowing him, which is an incredible experience. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Do you do much reading like in your free time? Yeah, so it's sort of tough just yes. with the um, amount of time I have um, because I'm going for school at 7 a.m., um, I'm getting home probably, depending on the day, between 7 to 9.30, depending on what day. Like, 6 to 9.30, depending on what's going on with schoolwork and all of that. But, yeah, I love to um, read books when I get a chance, um, especially business-focused books, marketing books. I love those. Um, I think a really good book, um, if anyone hasn't read one recently, would be Outliers, okay. Malcolm Gladwell. Yes, Great book. Um, that is a really good book. I tell anyone to read. Um, is that the 10,000 hours one? That's yeah. He mentions that in there, all of that kind of stuff. Um, how he sort of, how the most famous and best and brightest people, I guess you could say, got to where they are. Um, really good book. I'd recommend. Do you have any others that it could be fiction or nonfiction too? Yeah. Um, I always have like sort of like those sports fiction books. I don't know why, like the John Grisham, those kind of books when I was little. Some of the business books I like include, well, I'm talking about books though. Um, and I'm going to give Connor a little plug right here. Connor Blakely is coming out with a book called Brand Z and it's going to be an awesome book. I think it's coming out in the next couple of months, but it's going to be focused on how brands can connect with Generation Z. And I know it's dropping in the next couple of weeks or months, so definitely check that out. But in terms of other books, I'd say really just find, like for me, it's sort of depending on what catches my interest at that time. And then I'm like, oh, I'm locked in on this industry. I just want to read as much as I can on this. So whatever sort of catches your attention on, just go in depth, try and like whatever catches your interest and really go deep in it as much as you want to learn about it. Because I think that's the best way besides experiencing, experiencing something to actually learn about it. Are there any other resources or sources of inspiration? I would say, um, first off, just people I've met are huge sources of inspiration to me from people like Gary and AJ Vaynerchuk, big impact on my life, um, to people, um, and also like YouTube is a great resource for people who don't know where to start. Like, there's so many videos of, if you're trying to figure out like the best marketing advice, you can watch a keynote by somebody on marketing, watch a TED talk, like, there's endless resources to be able to find what you're looking for. So you just got to dig in and keep looking. For example, like trying to find people's contacts, like 
finding their phone number, finding their email. Like everyone thinks it's impossible to reach these high profile people. If you keep looking, like you will find it. Like there's, you'll find it somewhere. Like I found all of these different people's contacts and all that. You just got to keep digging and you'll find it. Yeah. I mean, somehow you got in touch with Jeff Bezos. Yep. It's just digging. I would think that he would have the most secretive email imaginable, but it's it's evidently it's out of, there. Yeah, and a lot of these people, it's it's really not as hard as you think, and their emails aren't as oh super secretive and confusing as you think. A lot of them is just their first name at their company or like something, and also just test out twenty different yes. emails. If it's not the right one, you'll get an email back saying it's not delivered, and then you could cross that off your list. And whichever one doesn't have that is their email. And another thing, everyone's whole resource. This is how I tracked my cold emails it's called mixmax it's like a chrome extension and sort of creepy but you can track every time somebody opens an email from you um and you can see how many times they've opened it so that was a good way for me to test if my cold emails were successful because i could email someone first off i could see if it was the right email because they'd open it and then you could see how many times they're looking at it if they repeatedly look at it you can see how successful your cold emails are it gives you stats on if they're successful cold emails and all that kind of stuff too I think I was getting like 80% open. I was getting like 40% response. Wow, serious? Yeah. Was, Dang, that's cool. Yeah, it was definitely a high number. Um, I don't know what sort of caught their attention, but I was getting like half the people that opened to respond. I definitely did not think I'd be getting any responses, which is even the crazier part. Is that email template something you'd be willing to share with you? Yeah, people? totally. Um, if anyone wants to, I could totally uh, email, any, email over anyone uh, the template I used. You could just send me an email to... J-E-S-S-E-K-A-Y-811 at gmail.com, um, and I'll be sure to send it over to whoever wants it. I mean, it's worked for me, so if anyone else wants to try it out, go for it. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm definitely sending yeah, you an you email, definitely, so that's cool. You, yeah, for sure. Is there anything else you want, you want to give a, one last plug for what you're doing? I mean, um, like here? you said, email is a great way to connect with me. Social media, um, you could check it out. Um, my Instagram's jesse.k11. Facebook, you can just look up Jesse Kane, find me. Um, Twitter, you can find me same way. The podcast website, 20under20s.com, 20under, 20s.com. I'm actually in the process of revamping the entire website, uh, so that will be up in the next couple weeks, but still the old version is up. But like I said, anyone who wants to reach out, just shoot me an email, um, whatever you want. But thanks so much for having me on today. I've been watching some of your yeah. stuff, and you're you're killing it. You've interviewed some awesome people, and if I could help however however I can, just let me know. Yeah, sounds great, Jesse. Thanks. So, 20 under 20s is, and I mean, just to like kind of back your plug up, uh, it, it's a good podcast. I've been listening to it a lot this week, and I can't listen to. I mean, sometimes you get burned out on a podcast, but with with yours in particular, I kept like coming away from my feeling pretty inspired. Like, very, got really interesting people. It's just thank good, you. I appreciate good it. Podcast. If he, anyone who likes my podcast should definitely check out his podcast. Thank you. It's, same it's same really for good. anyone who, uh, if, who uh, is watching this who's seen some of my stuff. You definitely got to check out his stuff. Um, I've listened to a bunch of your episodes. I know you had Brennan on the show, who's one of my good friends. Just keep grinding. You're killing it. And let me know if I can help however I can. Thanks for being on White Try. Totally. Thanks so much. You can find Jesse at 20under20s.com. That's 20under20s.com. You can also find him on Facebook or Twitter under Jesse K. And listen to his show, 20under20s, on Apple Podcasts. Jesse's a classic example, I think, of the phrase, you make your own luck. You could be lucky and happen to be the cousin of some famous person like Mark Cuban and get to meet them that way, and maybe they didn't give you some help. 
or you could do what Jesse's done and get there with sheer hustle. The opportunities are absolutely out there and it just takes work to get them. So thanks to Jesse for sharing his inspiring story. It's got me excited about not just this podcast, but a whole bunch of other things that I want to do in the future. I'll include links to Jesse's contact info, his podcast, and future speaking appearances in the show notes. Music for this podcast is by Cambrian Explosion, a crew of Viking oarsmen who traversed the Atlantic Ocean in a tiny longboat and discovered Greenland. Seriously, it just blows my mind that people actually did that. I make up a lot of stuff about the heroic deeds of Cambrian Explosion. People actually did that one at one point in history. It's like Leif Erikson guy and like, I want to say like 50 Vikings. And they just rode across the Atlantic. You can find Cambria and Explosion at cepdx.bandcamp.com. And finally, if you like the podcast, be sure to hit subscribe and share the show with at least one friend. You can also go to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating or review via the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Also, happy birthday, Keatley.